Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we got a fantastic interview. If you've got a team, you're going to want to tune in because we're going to talk about how to optimize your team, how to get them all aligned, and uh, and and really get everybody. Uh, being highly effective and efficient in their roles. So today I'm talking with Dan King and Lisa McEwen. They are from Fireside Strategic. So uh, if you don't know them, a little bit about Dan. Dan's uh, a tennis and meditation loving lawyer. We're not going to hold the lawyer part against him too much, but uh, he has now moved into executive coaching and he is an absolute sales expert. Uh, He started off his career as a legal advisor to one of the sharks on the Shark Tank show and realized that he was really much more interested in leadership and sales and human challenges than, uh, than any of the legal stuff. And he teamed up with Lisa, who is a human-centric management consultant, and she has worked on over 50 M&A analytics and growth strategy and operational optimization projects all over the world. And they combined to create Fireside Strategic. They help companies grow and they help those leaders create human-centered strategy and sales approaches. So I'm excited to, to talk with you guys. This is... Um, a little bit different topic than we we cover. And so I think it's going to be great for everybody listening um, to give them a little bit of a a different perspective. So um, uh, Dan, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, First, welcome to the podcast and uh, give us a little bit of background on Fireside Strategic. What what got you guys uh, interested in joining forces and, and how you've got to the stage with the business? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having not just me, but Lisa as well. You're going to have to deal with both of us over the course of this interview. So hopefully you haven't signed up for too much suffering. So Fireside Strategic, we actually started the company in March, so it's a fairly new company. And I think it started really because both of us, while we came from slightly different worlds, law and management consulting, both of us came to the same conclusion in our early career journeys in those worlds. So when I was working at a big international firm and then for one of the sharks on the Shark Tank TV show, and I think for Lisa working at a major international management consulting firm, we both realized that, yeah, business strategy is great. We're both huge business strategy nerds, but we also realized that the best business strategy in the world isn't worth all that much if the people implementing the strategy don't believe it. So we realized that we've developed the the IQ, the, the sort of raw business strategy skills that are the core of of a good consulting service. We also realized that, you know what, so often consultants show up and they offer great advice, but that great advice doesn't get implemented. And one of the big reasons is that the people who are doing the actual work, the people day in, day out implementing for the business don't believe in the strategy. They're not aligned with it from the CEO all the way down. And so we started Fireside Strategic to provide great strategic advice to companies, but with the human dimension, coaching CEOs, helping ensure that everyone from the CEO on down believes in the new strategy. And I think that's so important with COVID where so many companies need to make a strategic change quickly and they're going to need their people to believe in it. Yeah, we're, we're all making strategic changes right now. So Lisa, what it, what it sounds like to me is you guys have really combined the, the strategy piece, which is, is, you know, oftentimes that's a thinking exercise, uh, but you, you've combined that with the people part of this so that the execution can happen. And I think that's a, that's the big disconnect. I I know I found when I was growing my, my first company, we would, uh, 
you know, we'd go and create these strategic plans, but it took us a little while to sort out how do you actually now execute on that? So is that, is that really kind of the missing link? Absolutely. So Dan alluded to this earlier, but I spent a good chunk of my career in a big management consulting firm. And something that would often happen is we would meet with the client, learn about their problems, go behind the scenes, do beautiful research, analysis, thought leadership, and summarize it in a PowerPoint presentation. And then us, usually a lot of the men in suits, would come to the client, present it, and then this would just sit neatly as our PowerPoint presentation on a shelf gathering dust for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And when you start thinking about why does this happen? Why do these things not come to life? It's because there's no life in them. And where does the life come from? It comes from the people. Companies are not just these entities. They're not just institutions. They're made up of individuals. They're made up of humans. And humans are messy. Humans are emotional. Humans have different drivers that may not be aligned to the world's smartest strategy. And what we do at Fireside is kind of, per your point, fill in that missing link. Remember that these are humans and tailor the strategy, tailor the execution, what they have to do to all these messy human things that make it fun, that celebrate them, and that therefore makes the strategy so much easier to implement. That's great. So as you're working with a, a company and you've, you've helped them design just the perfect strategy, it's going to transform the company. What happens next? I mean, how do you, how do you engage the team and really begin to coach the executives through rolling all of that out? The beginning is working with the CEO directly. So it's very easy to, when you want to do a culture project or a strategy project with a company, a lot, of, a lot of service providers will start at the bottom of the pyramid. For us, it always starts at the top. So we build relationships directly with CEOs. We love doing it. We speak their language and they, they seem to tolerate us. I don't know how or why, but they do. And as a leader goes, so goes the organization. And so we will build the strategy in close touch with the CEO. We call it co-creating the strategy with them. And when we do that, we can directly see, because we listen to them, not just what they say, but how they feel. We get to know them really, really deeply before we work with anyone. And we can determine, hey, does this CEO believe in it? Because if the CEO doesn't believe in it, we've got to change it. It all starts, Steve, with the CEO buying into the strategy. And it can't be imposed by us. Um, we play a big role in creating the strategy, but we really co-create it with the CEO. That's the beginning. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's, that's really critical. And as you've done that, then you've got the strategy in place. How do you, how do you move that down through the organization? And maybe it varies depending on the size of the organization. Maybe would, would it be best to to sort of frame that, I mean, at this stage for folks so they can understand if you're in a, if you're in a, a, a large company with hundreds or thousands of people, it, it, it's going to be a little bit different process than maybe if you're in a smaller company where you've got, you know, 50 or 100 people. How do you, how do you approach those sort of distinctions? That is spot on. In fact, our sweet spot, our favorite types of clients to work with are companies between about 20 and 300 people, that kind of small to medium-sized range. The reason for that is they're not so big that the CEO is somewhat removed from the culture and the processes. We like the CEO to still have a role and be able to do kind of that push through of the idea through the organization. 
So your question is, once we align the CEO, what do we do? At that point, it really does depend on the organization and the type of work we're doing. But typically, we will involve the key individuals that will be executing whatever strategy we came up with. So to bring it kind of to brass tacks, for example, we do quite a, little, quite a lot of work on sales to help develop a smart sales strategy and then bring it to life. So we have a few clients with whom we work with their sales team. And it's a nice combination of similar work that we did with the CEO, really coaching them, really bringing them on board, aligning the pieces of the process with who they are as people, but keeping that strategic overlay over everything that we do. And we have different types of projects. Sometimes we're much more involved where we really are co-creating every piece, every communication, every interview, every... Um, round table along with the team. And then we have some pieces, some projects where we take a big step back and we really trust that the company will implement what we all came up with together, but we coach them along, we consult them along to make sure that this happens in the best way possible. So it's kind of a semi-partnership where we're really part of this process and we want to continually make sure that what we're implementing is smart from a strategic standpoint, aligns with the customers, aligns with the market, but also really aligns with the humans. It's sort of threading the needle, isn't it? That, that, that's a lot, of, a lot of things to get in alignment. Oh yeah, it's a little wild. <laughs> we make it sound so neat, but in reality, it's, it's a lot of pieces. It's a little bit of a tie-dye situation and it's, it's a delicate balance between being type A and type B, about, being plan, about planning, but also being flexible. I can imagine. So, so Dan, what, what happens next at this stage? So you, you've taken a company sort of through the strategy piece. You've started to <clears throat> come up with a plan to roll it out. How do you then take it and help them turn that plan into reality? Like, like Lisa said, we do different kinds of engagements, some in which we're doing more of the implementation, others in which we trust the client to do more of the implementation. We spend a lot of time with the CEO monitoring the results, checking in, is this element of the process aligned with you? And if this is most of the time, if it's slowing down for some reason, if a company isn't getting the results as fast as they want, our hypothesis is it, and our experience has been uniformly that it's almost always a human issue. And so we, we become friends really with CEOs and with other people in the company and, and coaches so that we can regularly understand what's coming up for them, what's coming up for them in their lives, not just their business lives, because inevitably there's something human going on, right? That is slowing down the business. And of course, when humans are feeling great, when they're feeling deeply aligned, that's a big reason why the business is succeeding. And so there's a beautiful process of connection that happens. I, I don't like to use the term monitoring. I think of it more as, as connecting. It's being sure that each step of the way, the strategic and human alignment is there. As you say, it's a very delicate balance. Um, but when you get it right, companies grow exponentially. And, and it's such a joy to see that happen. Okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Please. Okay, because there are probably some people, uh, there are probably some people listening to this. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I think back to the mid '90s when I first started in business. All of this this notion of uh, you know dealing with the human side of things was uh, was pretty foreign. It you know you were just told to figure out how to get it done, you know, and and if you couldn't figure out how to get it done, that that it was a either something wrong with you, or b you just weren't very valuable to the organization if you couldn't 
get get yourself in order. So to the business owner sitting there thinking like, why do I have to go through all this? What, you know, they just need to go do the job I'm paying them to do. What, what, why do we have to do all of, all yeah. of this handholding? What, what would you say to someone? What I'd say to someone is that truth in business is rare. It's scarce. Trust and truth are really, really rare. If you're a CEO and you have a team and maybe they fear you a little bit, you know, you're, you're an authoritarian type of leader and you insist that they execute really, really quickly and get shit done before they wake up. Well, that's going to work to an extent. And, and absolutely, there are companies that drive good business results operating that way. But is it sustainable? Are you going to keep the same kind of people around? Are people going to, are, is the institutional knowledge, right, that an employee who's been there for 10 years, are you going to be able to keep that? Well, you're really putting that at risk. When you can have deep, honest conversations about how people truly feel, then you can actually uncover the bottlenecks in your business. Because as I say, it's, it's the humans that grow a company, but it's also the humans that disrupt a company's flow, that disrupt its growth. So when you can have an honest conversation, we can get to the truth of what's really, really happening. And so, sometimes this doesn't mean being lovey-dovey all the time. Sometimes these honest conversations are hard, right? Telling the truth is often hard. But if you don't tell the truth, then um, business, I think, is an exercise in truth-telling, isn't it? Business is always an exercise in understanding what is the truth of what the market is telling us? What's the truth of what our employees are telling us? And so for us, if you ignore that truth, you do so at your peril. Yeah, I, I, I do believe successful businesses are, are those that embrace and seek to find the truth in their current situation. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do. That's very hard to do sometimes, I think. Is that something that you've got to work with your clients as you're working with a business? When they come and work with you, do you think they're already bought into that? Or do you have to sort of educate them on how to begin to look at things? Because there's, when it comes to business, sometimes I, I got to tell you, I think there are, there are people who believe in degrees of truth. You know, like how honest do you really want to be with yourself around, around what's causing the problem? You know, why aren't sales where they are? You know, do, do we really want to be honest you know, to the point of saying, well, our product or service is just all wrong. I mean, there are sort of levels of this where people will maybe stop short of, of what the ultimate truthful answer is because they've gotten as far as they're um, maybe open to exploring. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. So you, you asked, one of the questions you asked is, are these people already bought in when they come into our universe or do we have to educate them? I would say a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Our ideal client is not the type of business leader that wants to force their way obnoxiously and get things done forcefully. If that's the type of business leader you are, then I don't think that we're the right fit for you. And we're pretty comfortable saying that. The CEOs that come into our world, that become our clients, already at least know that there's a better way of working. There is a way in which they can not just achieve great results, but also build a culture that self-reinforces, a culture that builds better performance, which builds a better culture, which builds better performance. So those are the ideal type of people that come into our world. They don't need to know all of the truth yet, and they may just be starting on this journey. We have a lot of clients that started in the 90s and even earlier in the business world, and for them, this is also quite new. And yes, at that point, once they're in our world, there's absolutely an element of education that goes on. It's always quite 
delicate. It's a little tricky. You can't just tell people you have to do this. So that's where a lot of the coaching really comes in. That's where a lot of understanding where they are and meeting them where they are through some of these honest conversations where we do a lot of listening. So as you're rolling these things out, what's, what's the next piece of the puzzle that, that people need to understand? For us, I think it's, it's truth, but it's truth with kindness. Uh, and so I agree with you, Steve, that, that you know, when, when a truth is really hard to digest, dumping it on someone is not the best way to educate people. Uh, and it's not, we would need a ton of educating if, if that were the case, if that was how we were operating. So it's, it's truth telling with kindness whenever a challenge comes up. And it's also an opportunity for us to learn from our clients. As, as Lisa said, some of our, our CEO clients have been doing business for far longer than we have. We have a lot to learn from them. But by creating this cult, this climate of kind honesty in all of our engagements, it makes it very easy for that educational process to happen both ways. I would love to add a little piece to what Dan said, if you don't mind. Please. We talk a lot, we've already talked a lot about truth, kindness, this human centricity. But if we take a step back, Dan and I are strategists. We have sales experience. We have business building experience. And we don't just come into a client's hall like woo woo and dancey. We actually come in leading with a very, a couple of very strategic nerdy heads on our shoulders. So we have processes that are very clear, very crisp in which we do research. We learn about market trends. We learn about, we do customer interviews. We synthesize what are drivers of engagement? What are purchase drivers, for example, in a sales project? We will create an entire process which will strategically bring people into our clients' communities, which will strategically convert people in the community into a prospect, into a sale. So it's, it's this pairing, you know? It's this pairing of this human side, the kindness side that Dan just beautifully mentioned with a pretty intense strategic sales execution forward process so that people can trust that they're not just here on a purely emotional journey, which in many ways it is an emotional journey, but they're here to increase their revenue, to increase their profit, to streamline the processes and to build a better, bigger company. And it's about bringing those two things together. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that really brings back, you know, the, into focus, the ultimate goal, I guess, of, of your work with any company, which is to, you know, to improve their situation. We go back to the idea of truth, you know, truth as measured in the numbers that tell you whether or not the business is successful. At the end of the day, it, it's almost like you create the, if I'm understanding this right, you create the strategy to move those numbers. Then you get into the, the the human system in the business and and get that aligned and working so that it the output is is these much better numbers is that am i kind of getting the flow of it yes absolutely i think you're you're absolutely getting the flow of it and, and one just slight thing i'll add to that is it's easy to talk about these things in sort of clean boxes we're going to do the strategy then we're going to align the people and there's a lot of going back and forth i think between those two strategies and businesses are complex systems. And so the people may be aligned at one stage, they may not be at another stage, the strategy may be the right one at one stage, the strategy may connect with the people at one stage, but not at another. And so we're jumping back and forth. It's like we wear both hats. Some days we have both hats on and our heads may not be big enough for that, frankly. 
Um, but we're, we're always thinking about the strategy and the people because it's those two together. That's the magic combination to make a lot of money and make your people happy. Tell me what are the, what are sort of the potholes that, that companies can step in as they go down this route? What are the mistakes that you, you see people make as they try and roll strategy out? Tell you a big one is, which we see with, with, um, some wonderful CEOs who are very mission driven who we work with, they're not always clear on what they want. So you'll see a CEO who has a grand vision and that grand vision is, is partly probably a manifestation of who they are, but they've also got that vision from maybe watching a movie, maybe a conversation with another CEO. Where ideas come from is so interesting. And so a massive pothole in designing a strategy for a business is to ask, do the owners, do the executives actually really want this? And if they don't, people, people are shocked by how often they don't actually want what they think they want. And so this is where deep, truthful, honest conversations are so impactful. Um, I think part of the issue, Steve, we're all on email lists in which 10 billion people are sending us a new business strategy every day. And so we can very easily buy into the myth that we want something that, that we really don't. Yeah, I can see that. I see client, our own clients fall into that all the time. Um, they, they get the you know, they do it on the marketing level. They get that next email with a marketing strategy and it's like, oh, what about this? Well, you know, there's pros and cons to everything just as there are with any business strategy. That's really interesting. I, it's almost like the fundamental thing that has to happen is the CEO has got to get clarity before anything else can, can move forward. You know, are there any other kind of mistakes or pitfalls that, that you see in this process? Certainly, <laughs> long story short. You know, the first step is that the CEO needs to know what they want. Then there's another major pothole is someone getting an idea and not understanding whether the market, whether their customers actually want it. Something that I have very deeply ingrained in me is research. And even though it's not a very sexy process, but really getting down to brass tacks on is your grand vision something that the market will respond to and want to take in? So you may think you're developing the best widget in the world, but if your customers don't want to buy the widget, why? So as part of kind of this alignment exercise, this human exercise that we've been talking about internally, actually, we also do that externally, having honest conversations with your customers, have your honest conversations with your prospects to really get down to the bottom of what do they want? What do they value? What would they want to buy from you? And once you understand that type of truth, then you kind of have that magic formula of the CEO's aligned, the company's aligned, and you're doing something that your customers want. So a massive pitfall is not going to the customers and not really getting down to the bottom of how they feel and what they want. Yeah, I could see that being a, an enormous uh, area where you could get off track. Uh, is there anything else that people should pay attention to? Any other kind of big... Uh, challenges that, that companies run into in this process? Tying into that, but I think it's a slightly separate issue. It's what do the customers want and what kind of sales process will they respond to? We're massive sales nerds. So human alignment is with customers, it's with employees, it's with leadership. It's also, it's not just a question of what they want. It's a question of how do they like to be communicated with? And so I, I think one of the things you're brilliant at, Steve, is brilliant. you're brilliant at low friction referrals. Part of the reason that those work so well, you know, when you, you help companies design an interview strategy, right, 
to interview their, their potential clients, that works because it's something that a potential client wants. The way in which we communicate people, and it's not just a question of, of what, it's a question of how we speak to them. And so business from this lens is the ultimate act of human service. It's getting out of your own head and feeling into what is everyone who you want to serve, from your employees to your customers to any other stakeholder. In every conceivable way, it's about serving them in a beautiful, humble way. And if you can do that, um, our experience is that the market will reward you handsomely. That's, a, that's really interesting. That's an interesting observation. So can you share maybe an example of how you guys, without you know naming companies, but how you solved that particular problem? Because I, I think a lot of a lot of businesses don't look at the at the way they sell at the sales process as being something that they innovate it. They just look at at it and say, "Well, we're just going to go pound the door down, or you know, send direct mail, or do whatever." But we're going to take this kind of storm the gates approach. So, how how do you think about that? And maybe can you give us an example of how you've uh, approached it in the past? Mm-hmm. So, my feeling is that this traditional style of sales just storming the gates, as you said it, it's not very effective anymore. Maybe it used to be, but I think that really it puts people on the defense. So the types of sales that we are proponents of, and look, it changes depending on clients, but we like to do a type of process which brings people into our world, celebrates them, opens them up, and if the opportunity feels right, then it could lead to a sale. So kind of letting you gently behind the scenes of the way that we've helped clients implement this more human-centric and in our opinion, more effective sales processes. First, kind of as I mentioned earlier, we will start with research. I'm going to say it again, really understanding how the clients, what the clients want and how they like to be approached. And that will usually inform the whole thing. So right now we're doing a podcast interview with you. That's a very powerful way to invite somebody into your world as a company. So we will help clients implement different ways of engaging potential prospects. It could be through an interview. It could be through a podcast. It could be another way. It could be some sort of group meeting. There are many ways to bring people into the world, but the point is to add value to them and celebrate them. Then we will often help our clients bring people further into their universe. It could be through some sort of kind of bigger group activity, something to really start to learn the challenges of the different prospects, but also really get to know them as people. And it's usually after this step that the CEO or the salesperson will really know, are there some people here that are better suited to just be part of our network, part of our community, or are there some really good, high quality leads here that we think we can help? After that, there's often some other activities that may convert the relationship into a sales conversation. It could be a, a debrief from a mastermind or a debrief from a roundtable. And often we ask our clients to ask permission to sell because that's so much more, it's so much more human. It's so much more respectful. And then if it feels like that's the right path and the prospect wants to go down this journey, then it could form into a different kind of more traditional sale. But so that's kind of letting you a little bit behind the scenes of the type of sales process that we may implement. And the whole point is that it's not about tricking people. It's not about pounding on doors either. It's about really getting to know people, celebrating them, respecting them. And if it feels right to help each other, allowing that to unfold. 
An example, Steve, we, we have a client who um, is in the accounting world and he loves, loves to help small business owners who have left the nine to five in, in the past couple of years and have built a, a small team already in a, a small but reasonably successful company. And he just loves the entrepreneurial spirit of these people. And so for him, an interview is a wonderful low friction way to connect with his ideal prospects. But he also loves masterminds. He's obsessed with masterminds. So when he celebrates a prospect in an interview, knowing that maybe this person is a potential client, maybe they're a strategic partner, they're just someone that he wants to deeply, genuinely learn from, he'll maybe invite them to a mastermind and he'll say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring together four people who I think four awesome business owners, just like you, we're going to connect, share each other's challenges, see if we can help one another. And each step of the way, he's qualifying his leads, right? He's determining, hmm, is this someone that I truly want to work with? He's also deepening his relationship with them. And if a sale is there, he can ask. If it isn't, it isn't. That's fine because he's met an awesome person and he's learned from them and he's growing his own wonderful network. Yeah, I think, and thank you for sharing that because I think that that makes um, some of these ideas a little more real for people. It's one thing to say we're, we're taking a human centric approach, but then what does it look like, you know, on the ground as you're doing it? And, and that's really what you just described there is, is looking at in the sales context, looking at a prospect as a human being, as a person, knowing if I'm going to ever sell them anything, I better build a relationship first. And then thinking ahead, I love it. It's, it's almost like you've created that, uh, you know, Minnesota fats, you know, the, the pool, the old pool player, you guys are probably too young to know who that is. Uh, yeah, you know, so you're, you're going to hit, you know, off the, you know, off the seven, you know, hit the six into the corner pocket, you're thinking three or four uh, steps ahead of the process, and really being strategic about how you're going to bring people in. Um, you know, it's interesting, I, I find that business owners will look at that and go, well, gosh, that that seems like a lot of work or it takes a lot of time. But my experience has always been the exact opposite, that it's actually a, it's a shortcut because it takes away the need to, to go and do a lot of busy work. You know, like if you're just doing, you know, cold connection with people, is that what you guys find as well? You, you see it as a shortcut? Exactly. And it's not like, there's no time wasted, like pushing and prodding and forcing because the process aligns with the psychology of the person on the other end. They, it's so efficient. You invite them and they come. And you invite them to the next thing and they come. So they're almost coming to you rather than you having to push. And that is actually much more efficient and frankly, a lot more fun. Yeah. It's really easy when you see a process like this to think it's going to take a ton of time. Exactly. Uh, people do not generally quantify how much time they misuse in their sales process. They really don't quantify that. The wonderful thing about this process is there, there are no, there's no wasted time actually, because yes, you're going to bring some people into your world and build great relationships and those become sales, but we've met strategic advisors, we've met referral partners, we've met all kinds of people that we've been that we've been able to help in other ways, and we've met friends, right? So there, there's absolutely no wasted time with this process. We learn from everything. And for a lot of people, that's, that's a much more authentic way to sell. So um, I know we're kind of getting close to the end of our time. Um, this has been fantastic. Um, before we uh, wrap up, I want to make sure that we uh, tell everybody who's listening how they can 
get in touch with you, how they can find out more about what you're doing and kind of plug into the things that you guys are doing. So what's the best place for people to, to find you guys? Well, our, our website, Steve, is a great place to go. And that's firesidestrategic.com. If listeners go to firesidestrategic.com, that's F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E strategic, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-C.com slash blog, you'll be able to see uh, our Fireside Chat interview series. So we've interviewed since COVID began more than 50, mostly CEOs, human-centric CEOs who are doing awesome, beautiful work in the world. You can see our interview series there. And, and one other URL I would point people to is, again, firesidestrategic.com slash fireside sales. And one of the big things we're doing for people now is, is as we say, designing human-centric sales processes. And human-centric sales processes that take you right to CEOs to build deep, authentic relationships with them. And we're calling that offering straight to the C-suite. So if people go to that URL of firesidestrategic.com slash fireside sales, F-I-R-E-S-I-D-E sales, they'll be able to take a look at, at what we're doing there. And for us, we're on a mission to change sales, to make it less painful for everyone, and to bring everyone's humanity into business. That's fantastic. Well, Lisa, Dan, thank you both for investing a little bit of time with me today. And uh, this has been uh, it's been very, very educational for me personally. And I hope everybody that that uh, was listening learned some things too. So thanks for being here. Such a pleasure. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.